Will Sophie Ellis, Baxter murder Bruce on the dance floor? Aphilius Fox Nobby Crisps, igniting a class war. Hey listeners, I don't know what you're doing while you listen to this episode of Answer Me This, but I'm slightly disturbed by this email that Susie has sent in about a circumstance uh, in which she and her boyfriend found themselves listening to Answer Me This. Oh good, because if we like emails about people's relationships, we like them best of all when they're disturbing. Susie says, My boyfriend and I spent a lovely evening together in Manchester and got rather carried away with a number of experimental cocktails. Ooh. Dry ice, conical flask, flaming, etc. Oh, the, the flaming, etc. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as good as the ampersand and tonic, but it is good. Oh, that is refreshing. <laughs> well, that just be ampersand, ampersand, tonic. Yeah. When we got home, although we were both tired and a little drunk, We were feeling quite amorous, so the lights were off, and one thing led to another. The odd thing was, I could hear this faint mumbling noise around me at the time. I thought we must have left the TV on. It was really bugging me. To my surprise, with no hesitation or trying to hide the evidence, my boyfriend quite happily told me that he was listening to Answer Me This on his iPod at the same time. No. Maybe it's the only thing that can get him up. No, more, more, the only explanation I can muster is that he was listening to our podcast to actually stop himself climaxing. No, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. That actually, I thought of that. fair dooves, I can imagine that yeah. works. It doesn't seem to have uh, aroused her that much, though. She sounds <laughs> indignant now, as yeah. well she might be. Well, indeed. Did you not notice that he had headphones on? I just, maybe they're the little in-the-ear drubbies. Or maybe the in-the-pillow speakers that some people have. Yeah, but then you'd both be listening to it as a couple, and of course that would be incredibly sexy, wouldn't it? What could be more sexy? Just both of you with your head in the pillow, him doing you from behind... <laughs> Listening to our voices. Maybe we should uh, make a special sexy album for others. <laughs> Can you imagine that? And now, stimulate the clitoris. It's a question from John. Can you imagine that would just be weird? I we th- couldn't do that. I think the birth rate would drop. <laughs> um, I think you have to accept my explanation that he was trying to prevent himself from climaxing, yes. or you have to accept he simply doesn't love you. It's one or the other. It might not be about love. He might just think you're not interesting enough in bed. We're speculating. Mm. <laughs> I can't think of anything less sexy than only talking about his cat. Well, here's another tale of podcast listening on the phone line. Hi, this is Jayesh from India and I have a weird first world problem living in one of the poorest parts of the third world. See, the thing is, uh, because of complicated reasons, I have a chauffeur because that comes out cheaper than having another car and all those sorts of things. But for whatever reasons, I have a chauffeur. And I listen to podcasts and an occasional audiobook on my way to work, but he doesn't speak English. And in any case, I don't think he's the he's interested in the kind of things that I listen to. So Helen and all me answer me this. Is it rude for me to play things that I know he's not interested in? Or is it part of the bargain that he drives wherever I ask him to drive and he listens to whatever I care to listen to. I don't like that, but is that fair? This really sounds like the emerging Indian middle classes getting hung up on something that would not have occurred to the old guard when they had 25 yeah. servants to whack them off, would it? I mean, it's just, you know, <laughs> if you're used to the idea that you just pay people and they do what your bidding is, you're you're absolutely fine with this idea of servitude. But if you're if you're kind of a bit anxious about the fact yeah. you've got a chauffeur... I think I'd feel this level of uh, awkwardness and discomfort even if I just had uh, someone who came in to clean. I'd probably find myself massively <laughs> overpaying them and... <laughs> 
being over solicitous because I just felt really awkward that I delegated a menial task to somebody else but as it is my flat's unclean actually uh, well I, I had this specific thing of listening to our podcast when I had a build around the other day mm. genuinely my work for that morning was listening to the edit of the podcast so yeah. I could send you some edit notes mm. and normally I'd do that on loudspeaker but I just couldn't face the yeah, embarrassment yeah, yeah, of the yeah, conversation yeah. of like oh what's this you're listening to especially if you thought it was rubbish yeah. I put it on my iPhone and I sat in the garden and listened to it on earphones yeah. he came up to me and he said have you not got any work today then and then I said, oh, actually, actually, I am working. That's what I said. Yeah, I'm testing this chair for I know, comfort. <laughs> I know that made me look really twatty, but I, I, it was true. So I said, well, actually, I'm working. I'm listening to a podcast. That, and as I said it, I realised that I'm talking to someone who really has absolutely no understanding of, like, that you could possibly do work by sitting in a chair. And he just looked at me like, I can't believe people like you exist. Yeah, yeah, but to be fair, like, at, at, I think a manual worker can figure out other people work in offices, but most people yeah. work in offices, Ollie, not, yeah, on, not your, in the on your recliner. I know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're Lucky like, me. Yeah, I'm, I'm at work driving my bus, choo-choo. <laughs> <laughs> then he would have left you alone. <laughs> but anyway, who would have guessed that an Indian chauffeur who didn't speak any English maybe might not like this podcast? It's a big shock to me. Shrug. Um, but I think, of course, it's fine for you to suggest what the soundtrack should be. He's on payroll, right? Exactly. I, I find it too awkward to ask taxi drivers to turn down or off truly horrible radio stations or yeah. stick with ones that they've just turned off that I was enjoying. Chauffeur. Chauffeur or on your payroll see I kind of feel like this about massages because when I go for a massage the one thing I really can't stand is the pan pipes ah, just can't ah. the pan pipes it's just mm. it's, it, it's not relaxing it's tedious and it makes me want to wee but whilst <laughs> it's that's funny on, that that's your trigger I suppose it is things whizzing through a pipe <laughs> like it's, urine it's a, it's a, and when the best track on the CD is the pan pipes cover of the theme from Titanic <laughs> then, <laughs> that, that CD really needs to be snapped in half yeah and I always want always want to say to the masseur can you please turn that off? Pipe literally down. Um, <laughs> and I've sometimes been bold enough to say, do you mind turning that down? Mm. Um, but what I've never said is what I really want to say, is, which is, and by the way, can we listen to Radio 4? That's what I really want yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. And actually, probably, the, the massage artist uh, would probably mm. enjoy that as much as I would. But I don't feel confident enough in saying that. However, mm. if it was in my house and I was paying a masseur or a masseuse to come to my house and administer that service on a weekly basis, my house, my rules. Your chauffeur... Your podcast. Also, I think it's less bad making your chauffeur listen to English podcasts that he doesn't understand than it would be to make him listen to music that he really hated. Because at least he can just tune out the babbling of the podcasters, whereas the bad music is bad music in any language. Yeah. Um, Although there's nothing wrong with sitting in the back with some headphones on either. No, exactly. If you're if you're so worried about what he thinks, just just put on headphones. Hi, it's Fred from Kent. Uh, I'm just playing table tennis with some of my friends. One side of the bat's red and black. So Helen and Ollie, answer me this: Why do table tennis bats have different coloured sides? It is, of course, in tribute to Red or Black, the greatest TV entertainment format of all time. Whatever happened to Red or Black? Uh, I think ITV realised they'd spent about seven times too much money on something that no one liked. Even though it had Anton Deck in it, and everyone yeah. likes Anton Deck. Everyone does like Anton Deck. Mm. Antor Deck, that would be a both. great show, wouldn't it? Yeah. You put Anton Deck in one of those old-fashioned weather clocks, and you, don't, <laughs> you have to bet on which one's going to come out <laughs> when it rains. Uh, anyway, uh, no, that of course is not the reason. No. Is this the case across all table tennis bats? Well, it's certainly the case across all professional tennis table oh. bats since the um, rules were changed in the professional game. 
So I remember you know, the day well. <laughs> I think it was in the 1980s at some point. Right. Red and black was a very popular colour combination in the 80s. See all the duvet covers from Argos back oh. then. <laughs> um, so ever since then in the professional game, it's been one side red, one side black. No doubt. No doubt in scouts clubs up and down the country, there yeah. are still ping pong rackets that are older than that that yeah. are green. Well, all the rubber's fallen off anyway. Exactly. But in the professional ones, yes, they're red and black. And the reason for that... They love the Stendhal book, Le Rouge et Le Noir. Uh, <laughs> it's actually... Um, because, well, all table tennis rackets have always had because they're two-sided the ability to have two different thicknesses of rubber oh. so one side gives you a slow spin one gives you a fast spin oh and of course as a relatively amateur player as i imagine you are as i am oh um, i'm not a player yeah you've probably never noticed that but to professional table tennis players this is obvious mm. um and what's important is actually i, I thought maybe they de- designated one side should be red one side should be black so that the player can clearly see which thickness of rubber they're going to use mm. when they you know make a move or that the other player can see which thickness of rubber has been used to hit the ball at them well that's it oh actually the reason is it's yeah it's so that you can see what your opponent's doing so before the match you're entitled to go and have a look at your opponent's bat work out which is which because it doesn't have to be that black is always the thin one or whatever but one is one one is the other work out which red is which black is and then Mm. you can see as they're about to hit the ball whether they're using a slow spin or a fast spin so that you can then volley in response Mm. accordingly so that's the reason yeah I wasn't expecting to learn anything today. <laughs> now you've ruined that ambition. Especially about ping pong. If you've got a question, then email your question. Yeah, to answer me this podcast, googlemail.com. Huh. Answer me this podcast, googlemail.com. Answer me this podcast, googlemail.com. Hellcat. Answer me this podcast, Google mail.com time for a question from a lady who has chosen to remain anonymous yes uh, who says i work in a large office Ooh, yes it's really big isn't utility it? Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh it's enormous my office um, and whilst i get on with most of the people i work with i do have an office nemesis yes yeah <laughs> i had one of those once have you ever had one You've Uh, hardly worked long enough in offices to have one, really. You're my office nemesis. (laughs) (laughs) So true. It's funny Uh, because it's true. Yes, yes, I have. Yeah. What was it? He was it? A she? It was a she. What was the problem? She, she played Jamie Cullum all day. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. I I had one once who just—he was fine. Like I would have liked him. He had a problem with me Mm. because I was also a man with a sense of humour. Literally that. Like mm-hmm. I kept like all the, everyone else in the office was a bit older or a woman or had a defining characteristic which wasn't that they were a bit fun. Yeah. And I came in and he thought that I was kind of crazy Colin from the first show, basically. Right. And I wasn't. I just sometimes told jokes because that was his thing. Oh. I'd like trodden on his toes. Oh. I was a bit happy that he just hated me. Made it really obvious some, that I was his nemesis. Some people hate other people's happiness, but yeah. that's because they're very unhappy people themselves. Well, let's hope that this anonymous lady is not that person. No. Uh, and that in fact she is full of joy in this question. Uh, fairly recently, she said. My office nemesis came up to my floor and presented a large plate full of homemade cupcakes. What a bitch! What a absolute cow! Uh, she made a big song and dance about them. Oh god! <laughs> uh, and proceeded to talk to my boss for ten minutes about how awful it must be having an assistant who doesn't ever bake. Me. Maybe that wow. was her joking. Yeah. Maybe she's like, well, anonymous girl. She's much too busy being a clever executive to be able to. 
mess around making cupcakes, isn't she? Unlike me. Whoa. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. Here, she said, have these cupcakes stuffed with strawberries. I couldn't let you miss out on them. I was up all weekend baking three batches. I split vanilla pods and made a strawberry filling and blah, 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 blah. I want to make you fat with cake. Uh, anyway, to her credit, says anonymous lady, the cupcakes were absolutely delicious. God damn it. Uh, and I emailed her telling her so that was very magnanimous of you it anonymous was, lady it? yeah mm. you're trying to overcome your natural uh, distaste for this woman we proceeded continues anonymous lady to have a long email conversation about how awesome she is because she bakes look baking is not that hard she's not that awesome and how right. inferior i am because i don't bake baking's not that hard you could bake if you wanted to but you don't and that's fine this woman's self-esteem hinges on a very small amount of flour and sugar doesn't it yeah it is funny though the baking snobbery that there is because Baking is bad for you, not the baking, but the eating of cakes. And it's also something you can buy quite cheaply. So if yes, you're a busy power office woman, it's fine not to bake, I think. I wouldn't judge a woman who doesn't bake. No, nor would I. And yet, clearly, this is an established trend, isn't it? Have you have you ever, do you think, made people feel inferior because you do bake? I hope not. I'm always very embarrassed when people praise my baking, like when I make bread, because I know how easy it is and they don't. So I don't want them to feel inferior because they could easily do it. They just don't realise that. Mm couldn't do this job though the podcast no i'm unique and i'm the best best. i'm the bestie bestie best this is the hardest job in the world (laughs) and you're all dicks because you're not me la 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 (laughs) anyway (laughs) take it all back (laughs) the story continues uh fast forward to last weekend and whilst doing the weekly shop guess what i saw in the cupcake aisle was it strawberry cupcakes with a vanilla... Yeah, don't pod? actually guess, Martin. Oh, right. Keep it rhetorical. Uh, oh. I've got an email to read it's, out. It's exactly the, the cupcakes that she ate tasted from this woman that claimed she cooked them, right? Well, perhaps. Let's see. Is okay. it a dragon? Oh, yes. You guessed it. She guessed it. You guessed it, Martin. I did guess it. Yeah. Her homemade cupcakes. She knows me so well. Yeah. Um, before you question my judgment, she says, let me inform you that there is not a shadow of a doubt that these were the very cupcakes my office nemesis had claimed to make. Unbelievable. The- this is like in a film where someone you think is dead isn't. <laughs> Who's in the coffin then? <laughs> the double swirl vanilla strawberry icing and stuffed strawberry centre was a dead giveaway. Unless office nemesis had got the idea from the shop bought once and she thought I can easily replicate that. No, she says being no doubt, Helen. Okay, okay, we have I'm to take the- her at word. I'm taking you at your word. She's answered me this question here. There's, always, with her. I trust, there's always doubt. I trust you. I trust you as much as I can trust anyone on Mercedes. So, she continues... Being the bitch that I am, the surprisingly self-aware bitch that I am... And pleasant-seeming. Um, <laughs> I thought I would have some fun with her, and come Monday morning, I emailed her, saying I couldn't stop thinking about those cupcakes all weekend... ...and that I'd love <laughs> the recipe. I fully expected her to fess up at this point and admit that she hadn't really baked them. Oh, she's been caught in a lie. But after 45 minutes, she called me and proceeded to tell me that the recipe is many years old. Oh, yeah, because... <laughs> Cupcakes were very popular in 1700. <laughs> and actually written in German, and that she had her mum round over the weekend to help translate the recipe. Yeah, oh, that's really yeah. kind. That is actually a brilliant excuse, though, isn't it? She's used a lot of imagination there. Yeah, but anonymous lady just needs to go, oh, that's all right, I'm fluent in German. Yeah, Send it over, know, yeah. not a problem. <laughs> she talked for 20 minutes about sectioned icing oh. bags and how the recipe would be much too hard to replicate for someone like me. She sounds really passive-aggressive, doesn't she? This woman sounds insane, I love it. Uh, Anyway, I had a good old laugh about this to my boyfriend, and every time she does something remotely annoying, I bask in the knowledge that I know this nugget of information about her and that, even though I don't bake, I would never dream of buying a cake and pretending I had baked it. Aww. I think it's nice that she's finding internal satisfaction in this. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Anyway... 
This brings me in a fairly long-winded manner. To- I've enjoyed the journey. <laughs> I have to. To my question. Yesterday at work, my nemesis was extremely rude to me and called me a number of inappropriate names and generally crossed the line in terms of office etiquette. What is wrong with this woman? She sounds like a real mess, doesn't she, psychologically? She, she does. Now, I am sorely tempted to reveal her secret, but I know that this would make me just as much of a bitch as her, and in situations like this, it is often best to retain a dignified silence. Yeah, because the big reveal won't actually matter to anybody else. <laughs> you like, oh, everybody, gather around, guess what? Nemesis... You know those cupcakes she brought in? <laughs> she did not bake them. She 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 didn't even plagiarise them. She bought them. And they'd be like, oh, right, where can I get them? I really enjoyed those. Yeah. Oh, supermarket, great. And back to work. Yeah. So, she says, Helen, answer me this. What would you do in this situation? Is it worth revealing her secrets and igniting a full-scale office war? That only you are involved in. Yeah, which, as we say, would not happen. Mm. Or should I just keep quiet and carry on? I really can't decide. Please help. Uh, I think you should keep toying with her. Having this knowledge, you should just nudge her more and more to extreme lies mm-hmm. to cover up the fact that she bought these cakes. Yeah. So I think you could you could say that you knew German so you could have the recipe. You could say that you saw her cupcakes in the shop and they must have ripped off her design and does she want you to help her write a letter <laughs> full of legalese telling them to knock off the plagiarism? Well, actually, if you were going to out her cupcakes, the, the meanest way to do it would actually not to be to make a big statement at all but to turn up with a tray of the cupcakes and offer them yeah. around the office either you turn up and say oh I just got these from the supermarket yeah. or you say oh I baked these Yeah, because then she can't yeah. call oh, you out yeah. now you offer her one and say I baked these yeah. that I would think be the this took full me on all weekend yeah. Yeah. I that think would be how Iago would do yeah. it they, they taste just like yours yeah. I, th- I think that's brilliantly clever yeah and also because she might actually almost convince herself that that's true to play along mm. with the lie like she doesn't know where the truth begins there no she? well she has started banging on about divided piping bags and so mm, on yeah. so there's just more satisfaction for you to pull the rug from under her yeah gradually every day yes much more satisfying revenge yeah than looking to the rest of the office like the woman who really cares about the cakes yeah, yeah. Mm. the, the, the unfunny answer is that she needs to put in a complaint about this woman she's actually yeah. been abusing her the, the cupcake yeah. thing that's a nice that's re- an aside that's a fun that, that's a fun revenge but at the same time yeah like grievance procedure yeah. your if company you, probably has one yeah if you approach HR just try and focus on this woman's unprofessional behaviour if you start Don't- talking about the cakes they're going to think you're yes. yes, they're going to edge away towards the door You buy for seven ninety nine on iTunes. That seems worth it. Kesha's new LP. Churchill's biography. Or an app that does jack shit. For the same sum, you can get all the fun of five hours of our old stuff. We're selling the first three years of Answer Me This in iTunes. Most of it is good, just a little bit is guff. Go to answermethispodcast.com slash classic and click the link. And with your money, we'll swaddle ourselves in nothing but the finest mink. Finest mink and gold shoes and diamond hats but normal pants. Here's a question from Josh from New York who says, I was recently discussing archaic institutional traditions with a British friend and he mentioned that the British Parliament cannot go into session without the presence of some particular mace, as in not the husk of a nutmeg or the spray that wards off attackers, but the yeah. ornamental well, I don't know, thing. may have had some of that in her handbag. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She farted it. Oh, the mace is an ornamental... An ornamental mace, yes. A weapon, an ornamental weapon. Is it the one that's um, a ball on a stick or yes, something like that? Yes, right. It's okay. a big club like with a, a ball on the end. It's like an ornate cudgel, essentially. Yes. Okay, right. Well, Josh says, or the answer me this, is this a real thing or is my friend pulling some sort of prank on my American ignorance? 
Don't want to be an American ignorance. Someone, uh, <laughs> someone threw it on the floor, didn't they? They did. Well, numerous people have, in fact. Oh, um, that suggests it's real, then. Well, okay, yes. Let's, first okay. things first. Yes, it is real. Um, the House of Commons actually cannot proceed. I mean, of course, they actually could. I'm sure they'd survive if it got stolen. But they love any excuse just to piss around. They do, don't they? Oh, (laughs) six-week holiday. We'll take that. Uh, Yeah, the House of Commons technically can't proceed, can't sit and debate, unless every day... Uh, the mace is carried in and out of the Commons and Lord Chambers by the Sergeant at Arms. Oh, for so goodness it, sake. Is it like a sort of symbol of their authority what, over the Crown, relative to the yeah, Crown? Yes, it's, it's to do with royalty, yes. Yeah. So it, it originated when government was the king, mm. and mm. when the king was governing, he made damn sure there was someone near him with a big weapon to cudgel anyone to death who tried to kill him. Right. right. I bet now if you tried to hit anyone with the mace, they would be furious because it's uh, an antique. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but... It, in the olden days, and I can't remember which monarch it was, but it was hundreds of years ago. One of the olden monarchies. One of the olden monarchies. Um, that's exactly what it was. The, the, the mace wasn't ornamental. I mean, it mm. might have looked pretty because it was a royal one, yeah. but it belonged to the head of the king's military who was there to kill anyone who would try and kill the king. And let's face it, if you do ornament a mace with jewels, that's going to make it all the more painful for the person getting whacked with it. Yes, although... <laughs> I think it got more ornamental over time because weapons developed in alternative ways, but they liked the tradition. We're a traditional country. We like the traditions. Yeah, um, we like to bedazzle our machine guns now, don't we? <laughs> it just wouldn't be the same if it was like, and the placing of the golden Uzi. Exactly. exactly. Begins the succession of Parliament. Uh, exactly. And then when it got to the point, of course, where the Queen is figuratively the head of the government, but actually isn't there apart from during the Queen's speech. She's a real slacker. Um, it is It is purely ornamental, and it's there just to represent the fact that they're there for the Queen. But they mm. still carry it in every day. By the Sergeant-at-Arms, who at- presumably is an ex-military person, yes. It's quite seriously right. taken. At, yeah. the, at the beginning of the day. At the beginning day. of each day, in the Lords and the Commons, right. uh, and it's placed under the table so that they can debate. What if you need it in the Commons and the Lords at the same time? No, there's two different ones. There's in two fact, maces. I think the Lords has two maces, oh, and the Commons God. has one. Um, but uh, Martin correctly remembered that, in fact, some politicians have been done for lifting it aggressively uh, three in fact uh, in 1976 <laughs> Michael Heseltine had a go oh really? naughty Heseltine he, uh, he, he apparently during a heated debate on the aircraft and shipbuilding industries bill uh, which we all remember being very tense uh, he grabbed the mace and shook it at the opposing Labour Party members he was just wow. trying to show what a plane in flight looks like uh, but <laughs> not just Tories that have done this Helen in 1987 Ron Brown the Labour MP for Leith uh, picked up the mace during a debate on the poll tax and threw it to the floor no! Yeah. Break the mace! Yeah. Power. Well, actually, if you do break the mace, you're basically suspended, oh. uh, which is actually what happened in the most recent one, which is also a Labour MP, John McDonnell, in 2009. Tear away. Uh, this was about the uh, expansion of Heathrow. wasn't even worth wow. having, a, having a throw about that because it's still going on, that debate. Why is aviation such <laughs> yeah. a mace-destructive topic? I, 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 well, anyway, ap- apparently after the vote in which uh, the Transport Secretary, Jeff Hoon, at the time announced that the government had decided to approve a new Heathrow runway, uh, McDonnell picked up the Commons mace. And shoved it up, Jeff. <laughs> well, actually, we'll never know where he shoved it because at that point, the camera's cut out. So serious a breach is this considered. Jeff Hoon has not been able to pass solids ever is since. Is that why it works so funny? Do you think there is an equivalent odd practice in American government, like each day they let loose a bald eagle well, <laughs> around the chamber? Actually, there is a directly equivalent tradition because guess what? They have a mace too. No way! So this isn't just a wait, stupid... Wait, was that from, from monarchist times? Well, it's from the fact that British it's... people wrote the American Constitution, oh, isn't it? Oh, but is it shaped like Mickey Mouse or something? <laughs> no. That's their royalty. Uh, it It is a standard mace size, but instead of being what under the... What is that, t- though? Well, you know, sort of weapon size. mace You know, let's, let's yeah, say... Like tiny little pistol or cannon. It's about half the size of, size of a pike. 
but double the size of a short sword. Stop it. But what's different about this is it stands in a cylindrical pedestal made of green marble. Oh, right, so like an umbrella stand for a mace. Just for the mace, yeah. It's odd, isn't it? Because I'd imagine, I'd imagine otherwise it's very difficult to get a weapon in to yes, American Parliament. Yes, into the House of Representatives, yeah. you bet. Oh, you but know. it's fine if it's an ornament with a marble stand. Yeah, and I don't think they bring it in every day. I could be wrong about that, but it sits to the right of the Speaker. So if you ever see footage of the uh, United States House of Representatives, look to the right of the Speaker, and there's a green marble mace stand fact. That's probably a sink plunger or something, isn't it? <laughs> or a toilet brush. It was Paris in the spring of 1898. Two children paddled gaily in the Seine. One giggled like a girl. The other was a girl, and their names were Olivier and Helene. Here's a question from Sam from Ennis Gillen, who says, I just heard on the radio the song Elvis Ain't Dead. Who's that by? I don't know. Never heard it. Uh, oh, hold on. No I, no, I know who it is. I just remembered, and it's awful. Oh, no. It's, um. oh, who are those three clowns called who do such... She's so lovely. Oh, She's so lovely. Oh, um, no, uh, the other thing. Oh, Not what are they the called? Soup. Yeah, no, something like that, yeah. Fatuous twants. Yeah. Um, Three shades of wank. What are they called? Oh, oh. schoolboy errors. I could obviously look it up, but <laughs> oh, what are they called? Scouting for girls. Scouting for oh. girls. Oh my goodness! They did the song Elvis Ain't Dead. I'm glad that we didn't have to Google that because I don't want Google to think we're interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Scouting for Girls, Sam and Elliskinen is thinking the following. He says, "Ollie, answer me this: What started the conspiracy theory that Elvis Presley didn't really die?" And was there any evidence to suggest that he didn't really die? Well, of course, with conspiracy theories, there's always evidence, in inverted commas, if you know where to look for it. But that doesn't mean that it's actually evidence, does He's it? still living in the toilet. <laughs> I thought the rumour was that when he went into the army, he, he died then, or he never came back from the army. When was that like? So it was an actor playing him for 20 years in Vegas and in the well, comeback special. doing a really great job. <laughs> Who's his brother? That's the, the thing. What? Wow, that's properly mental. The conspiracy theory that Elvis mm. didn't die didn't really start until 1979 when Geraldo Rivera did a show about it. Yeah, because I'm assuming that in 1977 there were quite a lot of people that had uh, seen dead Elvis. Well, yes, his open casket was on display and Indeed. you could go and see it. Yeah. Although that sowed the seeds for what later would become the conspiracy. So so what happened is you could go and see it, obviously it's a pre-Twitter age by some mm. decades, so people weren't sending the photo around their friends. They weren't allowed to take pictures of the oh. corpse. But someone, in fact, someone who was a confidant of Elvis, which was pretty horrible, mm. sold the picture of the corpse to the National Enquirer. Nasty. It then became the biggest selling issue of the National Enquirer ever. Well, even bigger than the ones recently about how the Queen is dying and Prince Philip's having an affair with Charles Gabor. I believe so. Although, actually, they repeated this exact trick with Whitney's corpse a couple of years oh. ago. Yeah, good magazine. Anyway... Classy-like. Um, <laughs> so morbid. As a result of that being in circulation, obviously, people were able to study the photo of Elvis's corpse a little bit more than the Graceland uh, estate oh, had intended. No. And were they saying... It's not convincing. Well, they were saying it looks a bit like a dummy, but then so do all embalmed bodies. Yeah, because also they put loads of makeup on yeah. corpses. Mm. And, 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 and I bet he looked pretty messed up shortly before he died anyway. Well, this is the point. He probably wasn't in his best physical shape. Exactly. So what people say is, look at his last concert footage and then look at the, the dummy. The dummy is either, some people say, more glamorous, but of course mm. it would be because he's wearing loads of makeup, mm. or more bloated, which of course it would be. He was a beast at that point. And so, also corpses can bloat up with gases. So the thing is, back then, it's not like now where we get pictures of celebrities all the time. Mm. The, the official photographs mm. of Elvis in the years leading up to his death did make him look thinner than he was mm. because they wouldn't want to show what he actually looked but like. But if you look at those, uh, like the famous Hawaii concert, 
Like he's got, he's very energetic, but he's pretty big. Uh, again, another part of the conspiracy, and you can find oh. the conspiracy wherever you look, uh, is that at that concert, which was in Hawaii, he signed off by saying to the crowd for the first and only time in his entire career, "Adios." Now, bearing in mind what? the crowd aren't Spanish, I think he was just being playful. Yeah. But people have taken that to mean, oh, he was saying goodbye finally. This was his final goodbye because well, he knew he was going to die. But there's no way to know that, like, he hasn't, he never ever did that before. Anyway, that conspiracy theory relies on the fact that he faked his own death. Um, now, the reason that that came about as a theory at all was basically because there was a lot of confusion after he died as to exactly what the cause of his death was. And really, the, the reason there was a lot of confusion was because uh, his people didn't want it to be mm. known that he was a drug addict. Yeah, so, like Mama Cass as well, that well, myth about her choking on a sandwich. Yeah, exactly. And this is the thing. And, and nowadays, we find that odd because e.g. Michael Jackson, you know within hours because it's on the rolling news and everyone yeah. can see straight through what the press statements are. But something about Mama Cass is that she had a heart attack. It wasn't drugs related and she didn't die choking on the sandwich but they just put that rumour out because they thought everyone was going to say, oh, it's drugs. Well, actually, the thing with Elvis is he also had a heart attack yeah. and actually as recently as the 1990s they, did a, a, they looked into his autopsy file again and at the time uh, that scientist said, actually, looking at the evidence, you would say that, yes, of course polypharmacy so i being prescribed too many prescription drugs contributed to his bad health but actually at the moment of his death what he died from was a massive heart attack it wasn't necessarily drug induced so it, you have to tip the scales one way or the other is it drugs or is it the heart attack but because there was this fudge at the time and elvis's people just told the news outlets that he had died of cardiac arrhythmia mm. there's then conspiracy afterwards that oh they didn't mention the drugs at all and cardiac arrhythmia as it turns out is something that scientifically you can actually only suffer from if you're still alive. If yeah, you're dead, Martin's you can't have that. it. Right. He's right here with us. <laughs> oh my God, it's like Elvis. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so they, they obviously misappropriated the term to mean mm. heart attack. And then that started this mm-hmm. whole conspiracy theory. You've got all the elements combined together then. You've got the fact he said goodbye at his last concert. You've got the fact that he looked better or worse, depending on how you look at it, in his tomb that he all did when same. he was last seen alive. And you've got the fact that, of course, bearing in mind he had a small child as well, his people did not spread the news that he was a massive drug addict. So all of that taken together, he's obviously still alive. It seems awfully circumstantial to me. Also, is he not buried at Graceland? Yes, he is, yeah. Is he buried or cremated? Buried, yeah. So if there was really an expectation that Elvis was actually alive I think they probably would have exhumed the coffin and had a look at just exactly what was inside well I don't think anyone's ever taken it seriously even that Geraldo programme that I was talking about wasn't about is Elvis still alive it mm. was about what did Elvis really die from and why haven't we been right. told the truth but it mm. sparked this idea and then of course you know to a generation of teenagers from the 50s it, you can imagine how that would be the most earth shattering news you'd want him to still be alive because he meant your childhood and America changing um and of course, it's kind of fun, isn't it? There are all these Elvis impersonators. And in fact, mm. the Elvis impersonators fudged the issue as well because there have been pictures apparently showing Elvis standing in Graceland. Like, that's where he'd hide out. He's got the whole world. <laughs> he'd go to one of the world's biggest tourist attractions, which is known as his house. I don't think so. But anyway, there's photos of him at Graceland. But of course, that's easily explained away by the fact that there are thousands of men literally dressed as Elvis Presley walking around Graceland yeah. every day. I also assume that he wouldn't wear his white jumpsuits at Graceland. <laughs> exactly. It's more stage wear, isn't it? Exactly. Do we have an equivalent of our generation? We don't have like kind of Kurt Cobain no. stories of Jeff Buckley. Richie Edwards is Yeah, Richie Edwards is one. But then, but then the body didn't come back with Richie Edwards. So that's yeah, sort that, of there's, reason. There's some ambiguity there. Yeah. 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 But with Elvis, he would now be 78. And given his lifestyle, I don't (laughs) think he'd be alive by now anyway. I don't think he would either. And I think he'd have stepped in at some point... Whether it, was, whether it was Michael Jackson marrying Lisa Marie Presley. Yeah, or just Priscilla being Priscilla. Yeah, 
at some point you say yeah i don't want you to carry on making yeah. money out of me actually i mean that would be the most amazing comeback tour of all time it wouldn't would, it wow that would be good yeah. yeah lots of things for our brains to chew on yes but time, but time for us to say adios but we, which doesn't mean we're gonna die no but <laughs> we will fake that. our own desk bad luck. <laughs> yeah. uh, but listeners you can give us more things to chew on with our brains and mouths uh, for next week's show so please send in all of your questions and our contact details are on our website answermethispodcast.com where you can also find links to buy our holiday album one hour of new if you haven't heard it yet material of us <laughs> talking about the world of holidays uh, and our other albums as well sports day and jubilee not a difficult sophomore album amongst them <laughs> um and uh, remember if you enjoy listening to helen and myself chatting uh, that you can also do that every week on the bbc's let's talk about tech podcast if, if you've listened to this and thought i like the cut of their jib i'd like to apply that jib to talking about the week on the web then that's the mm. podcast for you oh, if on the other hand you like my exciting interjections you can listen to uh, one of my podcasts brain train podcast sound related podcast just one long interjection <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye.